Hey guys, straight up. I'm pretty sure I'm going to offend some of you today when I go through this queen deep dive because I've spent a lot of time with this number now. I've researched it. I already knew a lot about it. I've listened to it quite a few times, soaked it up and got my head around not just the facts and what this song is, but how it makes me feel and my opinion about it. And what I want to focus on, of course, is this song's celebratory nature, which is off the charts. But I cannot avoid the reality of the thoughts and opinions of others and myself as I talk about this number. I realize this sounds really ominous, and you're probably wondering what in the world I'm talking about, because there's so much to love about this song. And we're going to get into all of that today. I have a feeling this is going to be a longer episode too. Quite a bit to cover because this song, it is, it's an amazing song. It is a celebrated Queen song for very good reason. It's a Freddie Mercury composition. Second to last number on Queen's seventh album, Jazz, released in 1978. This is our 79th Queen Deep Dive. And this is track number 12. And it is, of course, Don't Stop Me Now. One of Queen's Freddie's most loved, if I had to guess, recorded in August of 78. I actually found that little fact. I don't always find specific notes about specific songs and when they were written or recorded especially as we get into the later years. For some reason, there's a lot more notation around that with earlier albums. Interesting phenomenon. Anyway, this is rock with pop blues inflections, but really it's just celebratory rock. I'm going to say that word a lot. I think that's going to be the word of this dive, celebratory. Don't stop me now. And this was a single released January 26th of 79 in the UK, and it charted at number nine, released February 20th of 79 in the US, charting at number 86. So let's talk about those those chart results. Number nine, number 86. Obviously, this did a lot better in the UK than it did in the States. That might surprise you. Given this song's popularity now, You might be thinking to yourself, that doesn't sound right. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. This song, at its initial release, it wasn't as big a thing, wasn't as big a hit. And even when the boys performed it, I don't think it was one of those numbers that really shook people out of their seats. This song has grown over time. It has amassed this incredible following, almost cult-like, over time. This is one of those songs that is so rare, it is more popular the more time goes on. That's what makes it so inviting and rousing and special. It has the same kind of quality We Are the Champions does, a little bit. It has that kind of unifying, let's do this, attitude. And that's what makes it so cool and so fun. But really, this is a pretty simple song. It's pretty fast though. 156 beats per minute 
4-4 time signature and one key of F major feels wrong in a Freddie Mercury song. Remember in the first couple of albums when we were changing time signatures and meters about three or four times and we would change keys like six times? Nope. I feel like the more we go on, Freddie, and this is just a guess, I have no idea what was going on in his creative brain, but Freddie is learning the art of less is more and taking us just as cool a place without all of that movement in the structure of the song. And he does it in different ways. His singing is better. His rhythm and syncopation and the phrasing is more complex. And we're going to talk about all that in this lovely Don't Stop Me Now, because he's having a good time. He's having a good time. That's all this song is about. You've probably heard it. I mean, do I really need to say anything more about this song? But yes, there is a shadow over this song. This is where I hate to get into some of this stuff because guys, I have to cover it. I have to talk about everything. But yes, what I'm going to tell you about this song might change your opinion about it a little bit because it did me. And I didn't just learn this. I've actually known about some sentiment behind this song for quite some time, but I'm going to tell it to you today. But let's talk a little bit more about this song in general first before I give you the background on the shadow. Don't stop me now. Urgent enthusiasm. That's what this is. On the surface, yes, it is simple. Repetitive drum riff without too much variation, not the same colorful, expressive, cymbal-heavy swirls we've heard previously from Roger. Very basic harmonies without a whole lot of surprise, sans the occasional inversions, and some sevenths. Gotta love those. But where this shines is the rhythms, the syncopation, the phrasing, which is incredibly dynamic and unpredictable. More than anything, Freddie owns this number, his number, giving us one of his most impressive pieces of piano playing, as well as that incredible, bright, totally alive vocal performance. Freddie, Brian, and Roger give us fun, full backing harmony vocals. They're in a groove here. John bops heavily, giving us flair in the surprises of melodic bass arrangements. Roger is jiving on his kit, adding the perfect fill, otherwise letting Freddie shine. Tambourine, check. Triangle, oh, check. It's all playful fun and energetic assertion. And Brian provides a guitar solo with plenty of life and soul that is so loved and celebrated, you bet, singable. But again, it's Freddie's time. His singing, the staccato, the long drawn and bent notes, all innately delivered and perfectly accented to convince us that, hey, he's having the best time. It reminds me, actually, somehow of his earlier vaudeville pieces with its playfulness. And it also reminds of edgier numbers like Death on Two Legs, dedicated to. It has a little romantic soul in its vocals. Allah, you take my breath away. A little bit of every piece of Freddie we've heard previously is here. And it's really lovely. 
Now in the classic Queen lineup, this was played 64 times live, almost exclusively in 79. It was only played once in 78. And you guys, live, honestly, this feels pretty frantic. Every recording I've heard, maybe it's the pace. It feels incredibly, it's not as tight. I guess that's that's one way to say it. It has a fantastic energy, as always. Roger provides some really nice high harmony support throughout the verses and the chorus and the vocals. In fact, I'd argue that he carries it vocally throughout much of the song. Freddie does wonders on piano and sometimes he drops his vocals out. And I'm sure this was a choice, at least sometimes. He's really focused on the piano. He's playing it wonderfully. The guys are jiving and grooving live. Brian nails the guitar solo and always throws out unique riffs we don't hear on the album. But somehow, though, despite the lovely energy we always expect and we always get from the guys when they're on a stage, this song doesn't have the same polished feel many other numbers do live. And they always ended this song differently than the album with this definitive ending on a very strange but uplifting shift to like a Picardy third. It's kind of like the end of bow rap, if you will. The way the chord resolves into something that feels very abnormal when you compare it to the rest of the song. But it's kind of a nice closeout that way. But yeah, I would say every recording of this I've heard, it loses a little something live. And I don't know if it's because the vocals aren't as pristine. And again, Freddie would sometimes drop out to put a little bit more into the piano. I don't know. I just don't enjoy this as much live. If I, if I dare say it, I mean, I love it. It's, it's fun. Don't get me wrong. But I definitely dig they're heavier, edgier numbers live. And I don't know if that's why this didn't survive on the set list after 1979, or if it's because this song, as I said, wasn't received quite so enthusiastically at its initial release as a single. A lot of reasons why. Maybe this wasn't, it wasn't celebrated more on the stage, right? But I can only, I can only guess. Now, fun fact, and you may already know this, if you have a lot of B-sides, if you have the extended albums, there is a long-lost guitars version of Don't Stop Me Now. And that version has rhythm guitars pretty consistently played through it by Brian, which Freddie nixed in favor of the simpler, perhaps the less is more approach. You know, I talked about how Freddie might be learning that as we go through these albums and his compositions that perhaps I don't have to load these up with all kinds of things. I can achieve this goal, this sonic musical expression goal without doing X, Y, Z. So the guitars in this version, in the long lost guitars version, definitely add more weight and noise, but that's just it, noise. Honestly, I think Freddie was right. The guitars are, in this instance, it feels weird to say this, they're almost too much. They're almost unnecessary. The focus is lost. I feel like it's not really as defined. As much as I love Brian and his playing, 
I'm with Freddie on this one. I'm glad that Freddie put his foot down and said, no, I don't feel like this needs to have the guitars. It kind of muddies it up and it's not the frequencies. You guys, I've talked about music, sound, frequencies and how important it is to isolate bass frequencies, mid-tone frequencies, treble frequencies in a mix. It's not just about the volumes. It's about how the sound is isolated in its own little bubble so it stands out. When you hear the long lost guitars version, Freddie gets a little lost. And it's funny because there's so many songs with guitar all the way through them. I mean, this is Queen. This is Brian. He is Mr. Red Special. He's like omnipresent <laughs> as the guitarist. But in this instance, Freddie said, no, no guitar except for the solo. And I think that was the right call. Just listen to the Long Lost Guitars version and tell me what you think. I feel like I'm being super critical of this song in a lot of different ways here on this dive, but this is the nature of the dives, you guys. Let's keep going. Let's do some fun facts about Don't Stop Me Now. The video for this song was recorded while the band were in Brussels. And here is where I get into some more interesting facts. Maybe not fun facts. Maybe that's incorrect to call this a fun fact. But this is where I'm going to open your eyes, perhaps, about the shadow that's behind this song. Not because of Freddie as the writer, but because of Brian's feelings, thoughts around it. So Brian has been very open about this song in more recent years, that though the song has this jovial feel, he worried about the message, considering Freddie's increasingly excessive lifestyle at the time. He worried, and this was his own words, are we talking about hedonism here? If for Brian, this song, at least for a time, had a darker feel because of this. And I want to talk about that some more. When I read that, it definitely opened my eyes and it made me think about the bigger picture. So yes, this song is celebratory. We know Fred, he, he lived life on his own terms, enthusiastically so, unapologetically himself. And we should celebrate that spirit that he had. But the fact that Brian, as obviously a very close friend, as a bandmate, as someone who was watching from the outside and seeing what was happening and then hearing this song and thinking, okay, what are we really singing about here? What is this? Because we have to assume that the guys all had their fun on tours throughout their career. They had a good time. We know that. We know about the parties. We know about at least some things that happened, and we can only imagine the rest. So for a man who loved rock and roll, loved living that lifestyle to a certain degree, for him to be so concerned about his bandmate, his friend, and to go there and think, are we being smart here? Is this... Is this safe? Is this okay? And this goes back to Brian always being more upfront about those kinds of thoughts and feelings. I think Brian is definitely more forthcoming than any of the others when it comes to what happened behind closed doors or what the feelings were like. I would never speak for the guys, but I can tell you 
based on what I've read, what I've heard in interviews, just knowing what they've said thus far and their attitudes about their legacy, Roger is very protective of their legacy and of their private things. And he is always about celebrating the band and what they stood for. Brian is the one who, if somebody's going to talk about the concerns, the, the arguments, if anyone is going to talk about that stuff, it's going to be Brian. And I think I appreciate that about him, that he is so honest. In a way, it feels a little too exposing. You know, in a way, even on a personal level for me, it's like, I ask myself, do I really want to know these things? Because there is a certain mystery and a magic around not knowing, right? So unfortunately, knowing Brian's sentiment, and yes, he does enjoy the song, and he's talked about how incredible it is as a composition, his own personal thoughts around the message of it, knowing that as a listener myself has actually affected my opinion, my, my opinion, my opinion, <laughs> of this song and how I feel about it. That's not to say I don't like it. That's not to say I I don't want to sing it or I don't want to hear it. In fact, if I was going to sing a Queen song karaoke, this is probably my go-to because people know it. People love to sing along. It's, It's fairly simple to enjoy and sing along to. Again, it's celebratory. People enjoy this and it is fun to sing. But just every time I listen to this now, there is a little bit of a shadow over it. I can't help it because I know that now. So if I just opened your brain to that and you weren't aware of that, I apologize if it shifts your opinion of this to a place that isn't quite so bright. But that is the reality of it, that that Brian was, he was thinking about that at the time. And actually to, to know, unfortunately, where Fred's life went in the future, that it feels even darker in a way. It feels like this foreshadowing thing. And It's just a weird feeling because this is a song that people associate with in large part now because of it being the closing number for the film Bohemian Rhapsody. It's a song that is so associated with the celebration of Freddie and who he was. And I do want to focus on that. That is where I want this song to be. At the end of this dive, I don't want to think about the fact that, yes, Brian had thoughts around this song. It doesn't have to mean the be-all, end-all of the song. Because Freddie wrote it from an extremely alive state of mind. And as we go through this in more detail, we're going to hear that. Everything he's singing about is excess, everything and then some. I want to live it so much that it takes me, you know, on my way to Mars (laughs) and beyond, right? To infinity and beyond. That's what we should be celebrating about the song. So I wanted to get this out there because it's part of the song. It's part of the history. It's part of the dive. But I want to reel this back into, yes, let's focus on the positivity this song exudes and the unifying celebration it also gives us. Anyway, I went on quite a bit of a tangent there, but I just, I wanted to elaborate on that, that yes, Brian thinks this, it has influenced my feelings. But let's think about at the heart of the song, what it is and where it was coming from, from our composer and his mindset, the heart he put into this song. I have one more fact, two more facts, one more. Okay, sorry. This song, Don't Stop Me Now, is 
a plot point in the 2004 movie, Shaun of the Dead. So during a zombie attack, this song plays on the jukebox at a very inopportune time. And I chose to mention this particular pop culture moment because, well, it's likely the moment the song had a revival of sorts and went on to be featured in more commercial uses. And I'm going to talk about that in more depth right now because I'm going to talk about accolades. I don't always have accolades for songs because not all of them have them. Usually only the biggest hits, etc. But here we are. This is, of course, Don't Stop Me Now. It lives on, just like our front man. So beyond the countless covers, samples in ad, film, and all that jazz, in 2014, Rolling Stone readers voted Don't Stop Me Now, their third favorite song by Queen. Third favorite. Fat Bottom Girls and Bo Rap top this at number two and number one, respectively, which surprises me, actually, that Fat Bottom Girls is number two. Very interesting, at least according to Rolling Stones readers. In 2005, viewers of the BBC television program Top Gear named this greatest driving song ever. In 2011, in a survey conducted by HMV, Queen fans voted this song's chorus as the band's best ever lyric, specifically the lyric, don't stop me now, I'm having such a good time, I'm having a ball. Lastly, but maybe most importantly, this song is officially the world's most uplifting song because science, stay with me, this is real, using a very specific formula of BPM, tempo, a song's key, and the number of chords used Dr. Jacob, oh, I should have looked up his last name, Jacob Jolish, a cognitive neuroscientist, calculated the 10 most uplifting songs of the last 50 years, and this topped that list. Other songs on the list were Walking on Sunshine by Katrina and the Waves, which I love, by the way, Dancing Queen, ABBA, Good Vibrations, yes, the Beach Boys. I found the article on Loudwire. (laughs) That's cool, isn't it? This is the world's most uplifting song. So all of the sentiment from a bandmate aside, this song still speaks volumes in its enthusiasm. All right. I have some band critique from the boys themselves. Recent comments from both Brian and Roger. In a 2020 interview with iHeartRadio, and I almost didn't find this, you guys. I stumbled on it. It was one of the last things I found. Brian commented on how the guys, quote unquote, were wrong about this song at the time of its release as a single. And he said, quote, I think when we were doing it in the studio, we all thought, oh, it's a massive hit. But it actually didn't happen at the time. But it's grown ever since, unquote. And he went on in that article, later saying more, quote, I think it's become probably the most played queen record of all. I have to say it was never my favorite of Freddie's compositions. I think it was kind of thrown together very quickly, unquote. But he gave it props 
despite his personal feelings and preference, closing with, quote, people love it and it's great. Freddie was able to just put his finger to that button of, yeah, let's go out and have a good time, unquote. Roger told Mojo Magazine in 2019, quote, I don't necessarily think it's one of our best songs, but I love the sentiment, call me Mr. Fahrenheit. It's hilarious, and it's become a sort of rallying cry, unquote. And he's right. Remember when I talked about this being a little bit like the same attitude as we are the champions? It just has that kind of crowd-rousing thing. Absolutely right. I do have a critic. How dare they? Our favorite, you guys, Mitchell Cohen of Cream. How many times have I referenced this guy's review? His gems like this one about this song. Quote, if only Queen could lock into the simplest formula without attaching dead weights. If Freddie Mercury weren't such a screeching bore, even his cock rock like Don't Stop Me Now is flaccid. <gasps> flaccid. Wow. <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. It's so harsh. I mean, we know. We know Queen does not want us to take them too seriously. They've said that. They've said that themselves. They're having a good time. Literally. Freddie is telling us he's having a good time. What more do you want, Mitchell? <laughs> anyway, I do have praise and lots of it. So reviews at the time of this song's release were surprisingly kind to the single. Quote, despite everything, Freddie has one of the best voices in rock and Queen know how to change chords intelligently. Do they own EMI yet? Unquote. That's from Record Mirror. And yes, they're alluding to Queen's success with the label EMI. Also, quote, Queen let rip with an exciting song, which will surely be a Kraken hit. Unquote. From the Daily Mirror. Can you guys believe what I'm reading? <laughs> this is amazing. I mean, praise for a Queen single at the time from press. It's kind of unheard of. This song has gone on to dominate in amazing ways, so much so that it continues popping up in advertisements, shows, films, and it just keeps gaining more fans and praise. More recently, in a March 2019 Billboard magazine article titled The Evolution of Queen's Don't Stop Me Now, How a Minor Hit Became One of the Band's Most Beloved and Inescapable Songs, that's a long title, <laughs> Bobby Olivier wrote, among other things, quote, in the last six months alone, featured in commercials for Toyota, Silk Almond Milk, Amazon, and L'Oreal. Don't Stop Me Now is not only one of the band's most treasured cuts, but one of the most popular songs of its entire era. It eclipsed 500 million plays on Spotify, nearly double that of any Rolling Stones, U2, or Led Zeppelin song on the service, unquote. Now, the song, at this moment, has been streamed over 1.2 billion times. And I believe it's their second most played song on the service. Another lovely modern review. Mike Oram of Stylist Magazine called this Queen's, quote, 
most flamboyant and energetic single, unquote, specifically stating essentially three and a half minutes of Freddie Mercury jacking the mic from the rest of the world. The song offers him a chance to let us know just how much fun he's having in the spotlight. There's a lot of love for Freddie's vocal performance here and Brian's guitar solo and the vocal harmonies, which are more classic queen magic, you guys. And this song truly is something magical. It really is. Luscious piano, bright, cheery Freddie. I feel alive. It's almost, almost soft, this intro, and slow. John appears deviating from the piano, standing apart, but Freddie and his piano still have the spotlight. Delicate but assertive. Floating around in ecstasy. Freddie, can we come with you? We want to be in this with him. That's what makes this so wonderful. Up to this point, it's been breezy, dreamy, some seventh chords, soulful. Until, <gasps> don't stop me now. Staccato, we shift gears, we feel it coming. All the boys are here in unison. Cause I'm having a good time, having a good time. Chain of fifths that build up. John bounces in again. Roger suddenly appears on his kit with a rousing fill. I'm a superstar leaping through the sky. We're off. Listening to this, that simplicity on melody and harmony. Yes, bass is more often on the tonic or the fifth, not as melodic, eighth notes. Straightforward drums, no Brian on guitar, nope. It's all Freddie, his unpredictable phrasing and sharp as a razor, living life to the fullest vocal delivery, as it should be. Burning through the sky, yeah. 200 degrees, that's why they call me Mr. Fahrenheit. Notice how the piano lead accents the breaths between Freddie's vocals, perfectly unified, dancing together. I wanna make a supersonic man out of you. This phrase here, I wanna talk about the structure of it melodically. There's some clever use of chromatic notes that tighten it up in the harmonies and intensify the crescendo. It's not a super rare thing, but put to brilliant use here. And that triangle, ding, ding, into the chorus, tambourine, yes. And melodies are borrowed from the intro, in case you missed it. Don't stop me now, I'm having such a good time. The dancing never stops. Yeah, I'd say this is one of Queen's most danceable, definitely funnest songs. It's fun to listen to this, to one speaker or the other, to hear the different vocal harmonies blaring out. But Freddie is the one front and center, who continues to hold our attention as we go on this fun ride with him. I don't want to stop at all. Nice work in the bass line, John. He briefly glides into that higher pitch there, not to mention the B-flat 11th chord. That is a wide open sounding thing that feels effervescent and ready for more. This second verse Honestly, some of my favorite Freddie lyrics. I'm a rocket ship on my way to Mars. On a collision course, I am a satellite. It feels like this is just pouring out of him and he couldn't keep up fast enough. And part of that 
is the delivery. Increasingly gritty and brash. I'm a sex machine ready to reload like an atom bomb. Okay, let's talk about this moment. I don't even have to sing it because everyone knows it. The number of people who talk about this brief moment being a favorite. The reason it's so great, the reason it's so impressive, there's an additional vocal harmony. That's really all it is. The harmonies also build starting on the left and spilling, exploding, sorry, over onto the right, surrounding our front man. And as we shift into the next phrase, we hear John a little more varied on his bass, not quite as constant on the same notes. It's a nice surprise. This bridge, don't stop me, don't stop me. This might be my favorite moment of the song. Nothing but drums, vocals, Freddie. Hey, 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 I like it. Lovin' Roger's kick on that don't stop me rhythm. More emphasis. Explode and Brian finally appears on his red special. Digging in, not an overly technically impressive solo, but certainly a fun and memorable one. More of the energy, more of that celebration, the harmonies. I don't wanna stop at all. That lovely chord again, slow it down. There's a fantastic bent chord on the vocals that closes out the chorus to wind down into the outro. It kind of goes like, ah, and it feels like this sigh. And Freddie, as if waltzing down the path all by himself, Party never ending, even if he's alone, we hear him romantically singing. And it fades out. So the fun never stops. It's as if it could just keep going. And perhaps it does. And that is Don't Stop Me Now. Celebratory, one of Freddie's best, especially on the piano and captures probably better than any other song. His attitude about everything, especially at the time. That's what I want to focus on here. Not the speculation, not the foreshadowing, not any of that. This was Freddie in his prime. He and the boys were kind of in a moment here. When they were doing this material in the later part of the 70s, They were living it up. Their tours were great. They were selling out. This tour was their biggest one ever. And I think this number echoes what was going on for the boys at the time. So Freddie was certainly living it up, having a great time, regardless of what one may think of certain things that happened in life. He was himself all the time to the very end. And I think quite a lovable guy at that. One thing that, according to Brian and Roger themselves, one thing the Bohemian Rhapsody film did incredibly well, especially with Rami's portrayal, is the sensitivity of Freddie. So even if he was loud and perhaps even abrasive on stage, that wasn't who he was all the time. Maybe sometimes, but he could be quite shy. He could be quite reserved sometimes, I think, too. And I do want to say that I've read in Freddie's own words, he talked about loneliness sometimes. I read that in this, what book is that I have? 
it kind of chronicles the guy's entire career. And right around this particular period, actually, in the 70s, in the later 70s, there were some comments, quotes from Freddie himself talking about, despite the craziness, the fun to be had, and his love for all of that, he was lonely sometimes. I guess we all get that way, don't we? So you can have these incredible times in your life and still feel a little bit empty about things. And I love the roundness of him as a human being, but this, this here, don't stop me now, is all about Freddie and his love for life. That's really all it is. And that's why it is the perfect closing number for a film that is about his life and the best parts of his life and the music of his life, not just literally the music. I'm talking about the every detail, every color of his life that made him who he was and made him such a legend as he always knew he wanted to be and would be, right? But that is Don't Stop Me Now. Check it out. Love it. Enjoy it, you guys. Check out the Long Lost Guitars version. Listen to a live version or two and let me know what you think. Because I, yeah, I'm pretty hard on the live version. But it's still fun to crank it and sing along. And I'm sure Freddie, Freddie would love that too. So enjoy Don't Stop Me Now. I'll be back next time to close out the album jazz. And then after that, I'll tell you guys who blew me away the most on the guy's seventh release. Until next time, keep yourselves alive.